live in the moment, be in the moment, never take anything for granted. Marvin Bagley III said that, and I'm saying this. Welcome to High and Low. Good day and good night. Welcome to the High and Low Basketball Show. This is episode number 100 and Scott, a.k.a. episode number 162, former Kansas Jayhawk and Murray, Utah's favorite son, Scott Pollard. Well, he wore the number 62 as a member of the Indiana Pacers from 2004 to 2006. Pollard was a large, lumbering 6'11 center who became quite notable for two reasons. His various unique hairstyles, including a a double-bunned, samurai-inspired hairstyle. Um, He was also known for his appearance on season 32 of Survivor back in 2016, where he was uh, voted out on the 27th day and became the fourth member of the Survivor jury. That's that's quite an accomplishment, because Survivor is a cannibalistic situation. Anyway, welcome to the High and Low NBA show. My name is Ike Amici. Around here, we live by a principle governed by the high and low lives of the world, which means we talk about basketball, especially and specifically the NBA. And we talk about it at any time, anywhere, north, south, east, west, high and low. This week on the show, I'm going to talk about last week's NBA draft. Um, I'm also going to drop my top five draft picks of all time. Let me just get this straight. Top five players picked in each draft slot, if that makes any sense. Anyway, it's in reply to an interesting listener question. I love this question. So please stay tuned for that. I'm also going to talk about the controversy surrounding Michael Jordan and the sale of the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, you don't want to miss that one. This is spicy, spicy, controversial. Yeah, it's good fodder for the casuals anyway stay tuned for all that before we lock in uh let me check in oh hi thanks for checking in i'm still a piece of garbage Uh, with you actually you know i'm hoping you're having a good week uh it's been an active time in the nba free agency season is basically here we've already seen some major moves uh the nba draft happened so uh there are a few things to get into but before we jump into that I just want to thank you for joining me for another installment of the show. Another week, another episode, more NBA, so more high and low. This week in NBA history, we had some all-star activity in Asia. On June 28, 2000, there was a basketball extravaganza in the vibrant city of Hong Kong. It was a clash between the NBA ambassadors, which was a star-studded roster consisting of former NBA players, and the HKBA All-Stars of Hong Kong, a battle that would uh, showcase the true spirit of the game. And you might be asking, what is the HKBA? And I would say, great question. It's the Hong Kong Basketball Association, which is a member of the Sports Federation of Hong Kong, China. Anyway, back to this game on June 28th, 2000. It took place at Southorne Stadium in front of a massive crowd buzzing with anticipation. A former University of South Carolina standout, B.J. Mackey, who took charge of the game, led the NBA ambassadors with an impressive 23 points. Not to be outdone, former Chicago Bull Matt Stiganga 
He displayed his scoring prowess, contributing 22 points to the team's cause. But the true spectacle of the game lay in the collective brilliance of the NBA ambassadors. All nine active members of the squad showcased their skills, which with each player reaching double figures in scoring. It was a symphony of basketball artistry. That's right, a symphony of basketball artistry as the ambassadors orchestrated a resounding 150 to 99 victory over the HKBA All-Stars. You hear that? Did you hear that? Did you catch that? Symphony of Basketball Artistry Orchestrated. (laughs) Anyway, uh, this win held profound significance as it paved the way for a historic championship clash in the Asia Basketball Association League with a record of 13-1 in the 20-game season. Both the NBA ambassadors and China secured their spots in the championship series. The stage was set for a battle of titans, promising a spectacle that would leave fans on the edge of their seats. Um, I'm making it sound like the NBA Finals. Um, But yeah, anyway, got to make it exciting somehow. Uh, Meanwhile, the loss suffered by the third place team, Korea. Uh, They were 6-8. It cemented the ambassadors and China as the league's top contenders guaranteeing them at least the second best record in the league. The accomplishment showcased the undeniable talent and prowess of these exceptional teams. Really. I really mean it. Um, On a future episode, I'll have to really break down exactly what all of this means and what the HKBA really is about. Lots of things going on right there. Anyway, that's a little something for the NBA and basketball history nerds. Things are certainly happening in the NBA today, so let's talk about it. Let's talk about something important. I have a question from Biggums in Thousand Oaks, California. Shout out to Biggums. Always coming through with the questions. His question is this. I don't know if this will sound confusing, but who are the all-time best players chosen in each of the first five draft slots? So... First of all, this is not confusing, not confusing at all. Uh, in fact, this is a great question. And I think I saw a similar list on, I think it was TikTok or IG, can't remember, but I think they were sharing an article from USA Today. Don't quote me on that, though. I can't, I can't remember the details. Uh, but anyway, great list, great question, great concept. And we'll have to run this back with Mitch. Uh, you go Sean or Steven because it's a good one and I can definitely see this one uh, you know sparking a lively debate which uh, which I like I like that anyway let me drop mine uh, starting with the best player to be picked number five in the draft uh, I think this is a toss-up between Scotty Pippen and Kevin Garnett uh, Pippen was the Sonics fifth pick in the 87 draft uh, KG was Minnesota's fifth pick in 1995. I'll have to give this one to Pippen because it's not easy being the second best player on the greatest team of all time. Uh, that's no small feat. KG had more individual accolades, but he didn't have to share the spotlight with the GOAT. Uh, An honorable mention to Ray Allen, who was picked fifth in 1996. Just want to put that out there. Anyway, best player picked fourth, in my opinion. And this might be a surprise to some people. It would be Russell Westbrook, who was the fourth overall pick in the 2008 NBA draft. Yes, Russ. Uh, the obvious pick could be Chris Paul, 
uh, who was the fourth overall pick in the 2005 draft. But I think Russ has a slight edge on CP3 here. Uh, I mean, he's been able to do things we haven't seen in the NBA in 30, 40 years. Chris Paul is the best traditional point guard of his generation. I'll give him that for sure. But Russ transcended. He, he transcended the position. And he has that MVP that has just eluded CP3 all these years. Dikembe Mutombo, he gets the honorable mention here. Denver's fourth pick in the 91 draft. Uh, known more for his defensive prowess than anything else, but he was a beast. He was definitely a beast. The top three, they're a little more clear cut. You know, best player ever picked third is a layup or, or dunk. Uh, it's the third overall pick in the 1984 NBA draft, Michael Jeffrey Jordan, without a doubt, greatest player ever. Let's move on. Uh, best player picked second is also really easy. Bill Russell, man, 11 titles. You know, picked second overall back in the 1956 draft. Uh, now, best player picked number one overall, though. This is tough. I think the knee-jerk reaction would be to choose LeBron James, but it feels criminal to dismiss Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, then known as Lou Alcindor. Uh, he needs to get that special, special honorable mention. But yeah, it, it's LeBron. LeBron, is his, he's made the case. And uh, maybe Victor Wembenyama makes a case 20 years from now. Who knows? Anyway, thank you for the question, Biggums. Much appreciated. Uh, love this question again. We'll have to run it back. Uh, quick reminder to High and Low Lives if you want to leave a question for us to answer on the show, just send us a DM on TikTok and more High and Low. You can send us a DM on Instagram and get High and Low. Links are in the show notes. Time for us to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to talk about Michael Jordan and his sale of the Charlotte Hornets. Going to get into uh, some depth here. Speculation, speculation. Anyway, we'll be right back with more High and Low. This moment is brought to you by High and Low listeners. This week on the High and Low NBA show, listeners were asked to share their top five bad number one NBA draft picks. For a second week in a row, Lincoln in Colorado Springs, Colorado, shared his opinions starting with number 5, Kwame Brown who was Washington's first overall pick in the 2001 NBA Draft. Pau Gasol was picked third. Did you hear that? Lincoln's fourth bad number 1 draft pick is Greg Oden chosen first overall by Portland in 2005 ahead of Kevin Durant. It was at this moment that he knew. He f***ed up. Lincoln's third bad number 1 draft pick is Philadelphia's top pick in 2017, Markel Fultz. The Sixers passed on Jason Tatum, Darren Fox, and Donovan Mitchell. Oh, so that's what happened to those guys. The second worst number one overall pick is Michael Olawokandi, the Clippers' top pick in 1998, passing on players like Vince Carter, Dirk Nowitzki, and Paul Pierce. Well, that's all y'all got. Y'all want too much. Lincoln's pick for worst number one overall pick ever is Canada's own Anthony Bennett. Giannis was the 15th pick in this draft. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? did you just say to me thank you for sharing this great list lincoln let's get back to the program and i'm back this is high and low 
and I'm Aikamechi. So the NBA draft happened last week, uh, which means we experienced the first wave of off-season moves. In addition to introducing a new crop of talent to the league ranks, uh, Victor Wembanyama is officially a San Antonio Spur. Congratulations to Wemby. Uh, Portland went ahead and picked up Scoot Henderson, regardless of Damian Lillard's feelings. And Brandon Miller is officially a member of the Charlotte Hornets. Now, I'm sure Brandon Miller was expecting to be a part of Michael Jordan's Hornets when he first caught wind of Charlotte's interest in drafting him, but he would not be playing for a team owned by the GOAT. Uh, Sorry, Brandon. And I'm not talking about Paul George. When news surfaced that Michael Jordan was selling his majority stake in the Hornets, ears perked up. People reacted. You know, MJ hasn't been the most effective owner, but his presence as a leader, as a governor in this league, it's been crucial. You know, he's arguably the greatest player that ever lived, and his career is a symbol of excellence. It's the epitome, you know, a shining example. It's the platinum standard, and the NBA has benefited exponentially from Jordan's position and the gravitas he brings to the table. That goes away as Jordan agreed to a $3 billion sale of the franchise he purchased for $275 million back in 2010. Now, although Jordan will keep a minority stake in the team, the NBA loses its only black majority owner. It loses that symbol. And apparently it's, it's all because of bad investments. Jordan is selling the team to an ownership group led by Gabe Plotkin and Rick Schnall, both coming from the financial sector. Now, Plotkin founded a financial firm, a hedge fund that once lost billions betting against GameStop. Uh, Schnall is a partner at Clayton Dubillier and Rice. I hope I said that correctly. Both Plotkin and Schnall were minority owners. Plotkin being a minority owner in Charlotte and Schnall uh, owning a minority stake in Atlanta. So when something like this happens, people are going to ask the questions why and how And that's where the speculations and rumors begin to swirl. Allegedly, Plotkin provided MJ with some investment advice. And Jordan had every reason to trust this advice. It was coming from a billionaire, a guy who had successfully navigated the murky waters of Wall Street. Sure, he ran a company that lost a fortune, but he made just as much. And he convinced Jordan to invest some money. Allegedly. Allegedly. According to some people, it was up to half a billion dollars, half a billion. And it turned out to be a bad investment. Both Jordan and Plotkin lost money in this investment. Allegedly, Schnall provided Plotkin with a bailout. Uh, Jordan, on the other hand, he didn't have a bailout strategy and he was not liquid enough to dig himself out of this financial hole. Fortunately or unfortunately, depends on how you look at it. Plotkin was liquid enough, which left Jordan owing Plotkin. And you can speculate as to how that turned into a sale of Jordan's asset to an ownership group led by Plotkin and Schnall. Again, this is all speculation rumors. Now, the fact of the matter is Jordan is selling the Hornets. Plotkin and Schnall are buying the Hornets. And fun fact, J. Cole is a partner in the new ownership group. His stake will be minor, but still noteworthy. Anyway, I will keep you posted, keep you abreast of the situation. You know me, I love 
the business of basketball. So if there's anything new that surfaces in this uh, in this installment, in this episode, uh, I will definitely bring it to the show. Anyway, uh, I mentioned the first wave of moves happening, many of which made little sense. Uh, Bradley Beal to Phoenix, Jordan Poole to Washington, Chris Paul to Golden State, I mean, actually, that feels like a precursor to something bigger, but we'll see. Maybe CP3 makes sense for the dubs. Maybe. Porzingis to Boston. Marcus Smart to Memphis. Uh, That was unexpected. Unexpected move. Strange move, but not as strange as Stephen A. Smith declaring Boston as the favorites to win the championship next year as a result of this move. That's, That's weird. That's strange. Apparently, Stephen A. is experiencing memory loss or maybe Porzingis' New York days are just a source of trauma for the man. Uh, but Przingis had a career year last year in, in Washington, so maybe he becomes that player the Celtics need to get over the hump. Uh, anyway, we'll get into the dirty details of all these moves after the free agency dust settles. But for now, for now. Why the fuck I can't shoot three-point shots? That brings us to the end of this episode of High and Low. Thank you for joining me. Subscribe to High and Low anywhere you find podcasts. Make us a part of your weekly routine. And if you want, leave us a review and a rating. It makes it easier for others to find us and, you know, expand our High and Low universe here. You know where to find us. We're on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube. Links to those are all in the show notes. Once again, music is by Live of the Enjoy Music Group. You can find Live on Twitter and on Instagram at L-Y-V-E. Additional music is by Sonny Rockwell of the goodness. You can't find that guy anywhere, but you can find his art. His artwork is amazing. Um, you know who else has really good artwork? Von August. Sound design is by Von August. This is a Von Abraham podcast, just in case you didn't know. So, hey, you know what? On behalf of Michael Jordan and his bad investments, I'm Ike Mechi. Thank you for listening to High and Low. I'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.